Biden's transition to the presidency can finally begin. Taylor Swift is bringing her album Folklore to Disney Plus tonight. And we're talking all about Charlie D'Amelio's rise on TikTok with BuzzFeed's Ben Henry. The date, November 24th, 2020. The time, News O'Clock. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Casey, Grammys are here. Nominations. We now know who the best and the best are. I mean, I don't know if this is actually the best of the best, but... You know, we assume you get a Grammy nom, yeah, you're amazing. The best of the best of who the Grammys have decided are the best of the best. <laughs> well, a group of older people have decided <laughs> to bestow more riches upon, which includes Taylor Swift. So anyway, Beyonce, let's talk about Beyonce. <laughs> always, always. Yet she has the most noms uh, without releasing an album. Yeah, It's incredible. I mean, Beyonce is greatness constantly. So we love that she's doing this and her noms are for Black Parade and also her collab with Megan. Megan Thee Stallion, who just released her album. And now is a Grammy-nominated artist. So we we stand these two a lot. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty excited about the best new artist category because uh, we've got Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat, you know, like who oh, you assume would be in there. But I'm pretty excited that Phoebe Bridgers got in there. You know, we what? talked about her. I know. You're I know. very passionate about the Phoebe Bridgers. You know, I've liked her for a while. And, I'm, you know, the reason I'm just thinking about her is because it all just like really it went really well for her these past two weeks, you know, when she released the cover of Iris. And then she raised so much money for Fair Fight. And then right after that, she released an album and now she's getting a nomination. I'm like, yes, whoever your PR person is played this right. She went to her psychic and this is how this is all working out for her. She had, she knows her future. Okay, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? All right. So because Michigan certified their election results last night, the GSA has authorized that the transition of president-elect Joe Biden can finally start. Here's Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer on CNN, explaining what it means for individual states. All I can say is that I know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been hard at work. Uh, we, I was one of the governors who met with them last week with the NGA uh, sitting down and virtually, of course, but talking about what we as states need. This crisis is ravaging our nation. Uh, any efforts to undermine that or slow things down um, are incredibly damaging and can be, uh, you know, uh, life could cost people their lives. And that's precisely why this moment's really important. It's it's time to acknowledge. It's time to move forward. And I know that's what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are focused on. The Biden camp will now receive daily intelligence briefings, and those are coupled with almost $7 million in funds, which can be used for office space, staff compensation, and anything else related to the transition. And because there's always a tweet from Donald Trump, this transition was initiated through a tweet that said, quote, nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, I'm recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols and have told my team to do the same. And moving on, because the transition has started, that means Biden has announced new members for his cabinet. Here's one of the nominees, Janet Yellen, testifying earlier this year about what she thinks the Treasury Department should be doing right now. The top priorities at this time should be protecting our citizens from the pandemic and pursuing a stronger and equitable economic recovery. If appointed, Yellen would be the first woman to be Treasury Secretary. She's joined by even more firsts with Avril Haines as Director of National Intelligence and Alejandro Mayorkas for Homeland Security Secretary. If confirmed, Haines would be the first woman to lead the intelligence community. This is part of Biden's commitment to build a cabinet that reflects America's diversity. Zach, do you know what I love? What? 
that they now have money because I was getting tired of the GoFundMe for our own government that was happening. <laughs> I did love the tweets about when do the donations stop? Like, my God, I thought my tax dollars went to something, but I guess they don't. Um, so no, you guys, I mean, if you want to keep donating to these candidates, you can. There are systems built out for this, but now Biden has some cash on hand uh, that he can start spending pretty immediately. So go go have fun, Mr. Biden. Okay. So, Casey, what is happening in the entertainment universe today? Well, Taylor Swift has been dropping clues, like she always does, that she's been working on something big. And while it may not be a re-recording of her album Red, like some fans thought, it may actually be better. She announced she's going to drop a folklore concert film on Disney Plus tonight. She made the announcement by tweeting out this very earnest trailer. I knew you, dancing in your Levi's, drunk under a streetlight it's an album that allows you to feel your feelings and it's a product of isolation. This could have been a time where I absolutely lost my mind. And instead, I think, you know, this album was like a real flotation device for both of us. The film will feature the album played in its entirety. It's titled Folklore, The Long Pond Studio Sessions and was shot on location in upstate New York. Making appearances in the trailer are her collaborators on the album, Jack Antonoff, Bon Iver, and Aaron Dessner of The National. I love that Taylor was so inspired by Beyonce's Disney Plus drop that she decided <laughs> to follow in her footsteps. So uh, I'm very happy. How are you feeling about this album? Let me just say that. I notoriously, you know, get very cagey when Taylor Swift comes up. But how are you feeling you know, about this? Well, this is how I feel. Most Capricorns, myself included, oh, you're don't a like Capricorn? Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. This <laughs> makes so much sense. Most of my chart is in Capricorn as a Pisces. Yeah, yeah. All right, sorry. Go go ahead. Capricorns don't like Taylor Swift. This is why... Okay, this is all, also tracking. Wow, God, levels to this. <laughs> Keep going with what you're saying. <laughs> but, you know, I really liked folklore. But that's also... I like folk. I like Americana music. That checks out. Um, I, I really I really liked this album. I don't know if I'll watch it on Disney+, Plus, but I definitely still listen to the album. And I also... I really want to talk about that quote from the trailer when she said, this is a product of isolation. I'm like, my depression is a product of isolation. <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Miss this, this sad omelet I made is a product of isolation. Like the list goes on. So she has a whole album on Disney Plus, a whole film. I will just say this, and I cannot speak for her experiences, what she's going through. I don't know what's been happening in isolation, but someone told me recently, a publicist who does a lot of managing of high profile artists, and she was like, listen, girl, the lives of certain celebrities has not changed at all in isolation. They were already having to be isolated because they are so high profile that they already have pods that they're in. They have to be in very secluded, very secure places. So like, it doesn't really change. So a lot of artists have been like enjoying this. And many times Taylor Swift is someone I would put in that box too, where she's like not going to Target all the time. Like she she does not live out in public. So like, I don't know what actually has changed, but I do love artists that are feeling inspired and releasing music. So good for you. Fun fact. I have not listened to folklore at all. Like that clip was the most I've listened to it. And Dan, our producer asked how, and I said one word intention. That's all. <laughs> intention. Oh my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was, uh, I spent the summer in a pool spending like just two hours listening to the album and probably like crying into my Mai Tai I made. <laughs> I love that for you. I love, I, I support you on your journeys in life. So completely. So more Mai Tais. Right. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um, I have some very bizarre casting news to share with you. The all-star lineup for a virtual table read of It's a Wonderful Life has been announced. And taking on the starring role of George Bailey, 
you know, the one made famous by Jimmy Stewart is none other than Pete Davidson, like Pete Davidson from SNL, because, you know, it's 2020. <laughs> the tatted up king of Staten Island will be joined by Maude Apatow, Mia Farrow, Ed Begley Jr., and other stars. And the read is organized by Ed Astner and proceeds will benefit his nonprofit family center. Pete Davidson said, you know what? Ariana did a Christmas album, so I'm doing a Christmas movie. <laughs> and you can't tell me otherwise. That's the only rationale here. So. It makes sense. Because all of his it. exes are having quite a moment right now. Yeah, you know? you, that's correct. I think there's something happening here. This is all speculation, everyone. No one sue me. Um, First Amendment rights matter. Okay. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we've got Ben Henry talking all about TikTok influencers. Stay right there. it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt the body you're in deserves respect love and support support you're not getting from your current sports bra it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market it's time to feel real support from SheFit. save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022 Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now, I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert Laura Vanderkam teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. A major milestone was reached on TikTok over the weekend. Charlie D'Amelio became the first person to hit 100 million followers on the platform. Joining us now to talk about it is BuzzFeed's own Ben Henry. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? Great. So there are a couple things to unpack here. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously want to talk about Charlie, but first, this is really a major moment for TikTok. It really signals they've transitioned from being viewed as this teen singing and dancing app to something else. What's behind the explosion? Do you know, I think probably quarantine and lockdown has a lot to do with it. I think... Um, teens are looking for a way to kind of express creativity and tiktok does that better than any other app because it actually requires you to kind of think about what you're posting and have some kind of thought process behind it it's not just posting a pretty picture or anything 
Um, so yeah, I think that's probably got a lot to do with it. Kids have got much more time on their hands now. And you know, the big question though within all of this is why Charlie herself? I mean, how did she get so popular? She's really cute. She's a good dancer, but there are a lot of better dancers out there on the platform. So what's driving interest to her right now? I think it's quite a few different things, but I think timing is probably key. Um, Charlie started like June 2019-ish and... I think timing has a lot to do with it. That's roughly around when TikTok starts to get really big um, over here. And yeah, I think as people start to join the app, they associate Charlie with TikTok. And so when they want to follow people, that's probably one of the first people they're thinking of following. And I just think it's like a snowball effect of that, of just she's the person we associate with TikTok. So the first person I think of following is her. And yeah, I think she has this like approachable nature to her. I think people can look at her, teens can look at her and be like, she's 16 and she was, uh, she's from like a small town. Like I can be her too. Why not? So I think that probably is part of her appeal. Mm. But something I always pick up on Charlie is that I see a girl of privilege, economic privilege, I'm assuming, because that house seems to be not something she just moved into, something she's lived in for a bit. So talk to me about her parents' background. Did she come, is she a rich girl? Is that what's making her aspirational for young people? Do you know what? Her parents are very uh, supportive of her and her sister Dixie. And I think it says a lot that the parents were willing to move out to LA with their family uh, just up sticks and go like it wasn't just a like that's quite a big decision to make um, I think she does come from a privileged background and you know I think they're quite used to having that privileged lifestyle and it's just been enhanced by Charlie and Dixie's success as it's carried on so all of this which is also very much of note, um, all of it comes after a very minor scandal from Charlie, that disastrous dinner with the Demelios video, after which she was initially losing followers. A lot of people were talking about how rude she was to both her guest, James Charles, and her personal chef. But you're saying that behavior was not why her numbers dropped. What was really going on there? Yeah, it was really interesting because publicly the issue did seem to be the fact that her and Dixie made what people called rude comments to the chef and about the food um but if you looked at the numbers Dixie's uh, numbers were actually increasing on TikTok I think she gained 200,000 followers on the day um and Charlie's numbers across all other social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter and YouTube were also improving um the problem did seem to be the fact that she made a very bad joke about not reaching 100 million followers in time for her year anniversary. And I think people kind of took that as ungrateful and wanted to kind of almost teach her a lesson. Like, we're the ones who kind of put you in this position and we can take it away. Um, and she lost a lot of followers very quickly. In a matter of hours, she'd lost over 500,000. And I think in the end, it totaled nearly a million. So quite a big Wow. You know what? I love pettiness and people being humbled. <laughs> 100. <laughs> 100. The followers like, girl, we giveth and we can taketh away. There was like a trend going on where people were uploading videos where they realized that they were potentially the 100 million follower and they were pressing follow and it would change to 100 million and then unfollowing and it would go to 99.9. And it became like this huge thing. And I was like, oh God, people just get power and they love it. <laughs> Oh my God, I love this. TikTok is so fun. We love the TikTokers. All right. So, you know, the D'Amelio dinner a scandal isn't the only scandal we've seen on the platform. As an example, earlier this summer, several stars had their power shut off after repeatedly throwing parties. So it seems like these guys are kind of immune to scandal because, as you're saying, like they're still passing these barriers of 100 million. They're still becoming more famous here. 
Yeah, I think influencers, especially now, understand that it's kind of part and parcel of the job. And I think a lot of them have this kind of attitude that they just don't care. Whereas, you know, when you're a little bit older and you're, you know, in your 20s and 30s, I think you probably have a little bit more uh, sense around you and you kind of don't want to get cancelled on the internet. I think a lot of younger people are just like, oh, well, whatever. It, it happens. It'll be fine. And time and time again, it's been proven that these things last a week tops, maybe a month if you're if it's really bad. And then people just forget about it and move on to the next scandal. So they just kind of roll with the punches and carry on going and doing what they want to do. So as a comparison, Charlie first got famous for doing the renegade. She took some heat for not citing the dance's original creator, a 15-year-old black girl. This has kind of played into the image of TikTok being a platform that elevates cis white creators. You know, in fact, the people we're talking about, the Demelios, the Hype House, and Sway House people all make up the core of straight TikTok. Do we feel like the stereotype about TikTok is still accurate? Unfortunately, I'd probably say yes. I think it stretches like further than TikTok. I think you have the same problem with influencers across all platforms. A lot of the bigger influencers uh, tend to be white and cisgendered. Um, TikTok is quite a problem. I think because TikTok relies on trends and these trends get bigger depending on who does them and then things get miscredited about who started it and you find that a lot of smaller creators who do also tend to be people of colour or black that you just see that they get kind of left in the dark about um, when it comes to getting credit. So yeah, I would say there is a big problem on TikTok about privilege. All right. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us and walking us through the privileged lives of the TikTok rich and famous. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay, we have time for one more thing that's happening on the internet. Uh, so you might remember Randy Quaid from his roles in Christmas Vacation and Independence Day. been known to play a few kooky characters over the course of his career. Well, life is now imitating art because Donald Trump has retweeted Quaid multiple times about having a do-over of the election. And Quaid seems thrilled about that. Earlier today, he tweeted, quote, a huge honor to be retweeted by the greatest, most accomplished man of the people president our country has ever had. I am humbled, Mr. President. You know, people say I'm a pretty good golfer. Quaid has since locked his Twitter account after receiving backlash, and I wonder why. <laughs> I, okay, so Casey, as you were talking about this, I was like, is she meeting Dennis Quaid? Who's Randy Quaid? And then yes. I remembered Dennis Quaid is, uh, is the younger br brother to Randy Quaid, that they are part of the Quaid family. Yeah, you know what? I probably didn't even know that they were related except for the last name. But, you know, like whenever like seeing their faces in separate things, I just like would not. Well, what really made it clear to me that these two people are of the same ilk is that they both love President Donald Trump because Dennis Quaid has also famously been dragged for his uh, loving of the President Trump. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, people are allowed to have their own opinions, thoughts, feelings, reactions, beliefs, but... Come on. And then we're allowed to drag yeah. them for you if, you know, they hurt other human beings. <laughs> I just love that people are like, 
I'm going to stand to my truth. Donald Trump's praising me. And then I locked down my Twitter account. Girl, you were so big and bad to get trending about it. Stand in it. Stand in it. You said what you said. Now here's what happened. That's your moment. That's the moment you wanted. I just don't understand. And you know, while we're on the topic of the Quaid family, Dennis Quaid is currently living the real life version of that sister movie with Lindsay Lohan. What was it called again? Where they... Parent the trap, parent yeah, trap? because he's now dating a tra- <laughs> the, that sister. Movie. You know, parent trap, you know. It's I, my coffee hasn't truly kicked in for the day. I got a late start today, but Dennis Quaid is dating a twenty-six-year-old woman, which get your life. But it's also the plot yep. to Parent Trap, so I just don't understand what's going on with the Quaid family. And I'm sure you saw the actor who plays Meredith, who was his wife on the movie, has been vocal yep. about it too. Of art imitating, she's life. like had a lot of feelings about it. You know what? She she also isn't a Trump supporter. So look at this. It's like weird chaos happening in the Quaid universe. And I just went off this particular ride because I just don't care. But like these people like trying to vie for golfing trips with President Trump. If we've known anything, and this is me being very nonpartisan about this, the one thing Donald Trump has done consistently in this country this entire time is play golf while president. So d- Mr. Quaid, you can go on that trip. I'm sure he's going to be out there on January 21st. Well, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow for an installment of DM911 with Stephen LeConte. And remember, you could make an album as a product of isolation or a very sad omelette, and both are valid. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second, shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the endless podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And, and break us off with some bread because we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch the NFL playoffs like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Sticks podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us are bringing the knowledge from a career as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. We'll break down film from the professional and college game to get you ready for the Super Bowl, the draft, and kickoff next fall. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.